Welcome, Black Kings and Queens, to Black Mind Chronicles. I'm your host, Chase Jackson. This podcast is a journey into questions, stories, and mindsets of Black men and women on the topic of mental health and mental illness. We all often talk about so many things in our world, but the one thing that matters, our own well-being. So let's dive in and start that conversation. In today's show, we're going to discuss the stigma of mental health in the black community. Where did it come from? What do people think when they hear the words mental health and mental illness? What are the best practices used today? The signs to look out for and how to help those in need. Today on our show, our guest is Alicia Montsevais. Alicia Montsevais is an educator at heart. She started her educational career over 10 years ago, working her way up as a paraprofessional to a teacher. And now she serves as a certified elementary school counselor. She recently became the owner of the Abbott Society, a national honor roll that motivates and rewards elementary school students to work towards achieving academic success. Ms. Montsevais' desire to help individuals led her to become a certified provider of the Managing Yourself program. This program helps guide individuals to understand how and why they do what they do by interpreting how their brain and personalities work. She is also a blogger at the Edcentrals, that's E-D, but most importantly, she is a daughter wife, and mother, and a unique individual in her own right. Ladies and gentlemen, Alicia Montsevais. So, Ms. Montsevais, I thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. So I want to start the discussion with, why is there a stigma on mental health in the black community? Where did, where did it start? Um, I think a lot of it, just society in itself, I think we as a society have um, a lot of fear, a lack of understanding about uh, mental health, being mentally aware, and that's just passed down to um, the African-American community as well. I always like to say you don't know what you don't know, Mm -hmm. and we we just don't really understand it. We don't know. So when we don't know something, a lot of times we have fear, we have judgment, And then just, I mean, as a whole, as a society, I think, sadly, we just look down on things we don't understand. And I think especially with African-American communities, we don't understand it. We don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so we just have this stigma builds up around it. So I was doing my own research, of course, and I found that on the history of mental health in America, um, America has generally treated those with mental illness or other in a few different ways. They would either hide those individuals, throw them out of the house, or lock them up. And I believe that comes out of what you just said. It's the fear of not knowing or the fear of the unknown. So it could be a pride thing where, you know, I don't want to deal with this individual and an embarrassment where they're different than we are. So, you know, why do I want them here? And that's sad to say, but that's that's true. Um, the asylums back in the 18th century, they had... I saw three main three main procedures mm-hmm. so that they conducted on those with me- mental illnesses. It was electroconvulsive therapy or shock therapy. Right. Your trampening, which is drilling a hole in the brain to let the bad spirits out or honestly relieving pressure in the brain, which mm-hmm. is still practiced today, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And then the last is bloodletting, an ancient practice of withdrawing blood 
from a patient to prevent or cure illnesses and often sometimes using leeches from right. some people. Mm-hmm. Um, are there, I guess, any other best practices that are, t- <laughs> that are come today? Well, we've come a long way since then. Um, we've come a, a, a long way since then. And I think the thing to remember when they were doing this, this was, you know, this is back years, years. And we're talking about a long time ago, 7,000 plus years. And once again, they didn't know. Um, so I hate to say they were doing the best that they could, mm-hmm. but at that time they didn't, they didn't know what else <laughs> to do. So they were, we look at this now and I'm like, Oh my God, how could you drill holes in somebody's skull? Mm-hmm. And you know, if you can do the research, you see some of the pictures and whatnot mm-hmm. online about that. But with the knowledge that they had and, and remember lack of knowledge, that's what they thought the best thing to do. And I think it was interesting. Like you said, a lot of it was, well, it's just easier to put these people away. Mm-hmm. Let's just, the families didn't know what to do. They were embarrassed. You know, let's just put them away. And then a lot of times when they did that, then it was just they, the people weren't being taken care of. It was being, you know, there wasn't proper, it wasn't proper facilities. You know, they really didn't care about them. Um, there wasn't good sanitation. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing with, you know, mental health, we're not just trying to put the people away. We're trying to help them and give them resources to learn how to help themselves and to get better. And back then, they just they didn't know how to do that. Um, gladly now, um, we don't do <laughs> the majority. I mean, I think ele- electric com- um, shock therapy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that and, and it's not used that much. Um, I think it's used uh, like for seizures. Um, people are like severe depression and stuff like that, but it's not used a whole lot. I think it may be used in Europe more than it's used over here in the States. Okay. Um, but I think now we just have, we're more knowledgeable. You have, you know, like counselors, therapists, psychologists, um, groups you can go to. It's just, you can, you can text numbers now, you know, with our society. And if you, you have a fear of, of going somewhere and talking to somebody. You can be texting somebody. A lot more resources. Yeah, there's a lot more resources we have now. So I think um, it's better. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, now there's more resources that meet the needs of different people. So Mm -hmm. we really don't have an excuse um, to not be seeking help if need. We we ain't going to lock you up. (laughs) It's, 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 it's not like that anymore. Agreed, agreed. It has gotten better. And those who actually know they need help will sometimes, I want to say, commit themselves to an institution just for a while to seek the help, yes. to get the help that they need. I mean, if for a while, um, mm-hmm. oh, um, rehab. Mm-hmm. It seems like on TV that was the thing to do. You mm-hmm. know, like every celebrity that was going through something, um, you know, they were going to rehab and I think people got this negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they just chilling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to just be somewhere secluded to get yourself together. And I think that's a very good point. It's not so much that they're doing things to you in there or so much on the pills. It's literally getting yourself away or isolating yourself you know. from mm-hmm. those things that causes your stress and causes your anxiety. So where grandma had her prayer closet, <laughs> right? your therapy, your um, Mr. Institution, your institution, if you will, that is your prayer closet sometimes. And it's it just helps a, it's a you. Getaway. Yeah, it helps you. Some, we're a society that we're always um, locked in, mm-hmm. um, especially now with smartphones. I, you know, I think with every new thing, 
while it's a it's it, it brings a pros, it comes with a lot of cons. Mm-hmm. And I think with technology and our smartphones, I think it's good. It keeps us connected, but I think we've gotten too connected. Yeah, we can't we can't disconnect. We can't it's, disconnect. It's yes. And I think when people go to whatever, you know, wellness facilities or we want to call it rehab, um, you know, it allows you time to disconnect. And sometimes you got to disconnect and get quiet to figure out what's going on in the first place. That's it. So sometimes those things are good. I mean, and even if, you know, oh, I can't do that, man, sometimes, you know. We just need to stay in the house and maybe just have a just a wellness retreat at home. <laughs> That's it. Uh, somewhere in the Bible, and I'll re- repost this later. It's literally a peace be still or still your yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. That that does more for you than you know, keeping running or keeping your mind True. working. It does. It does. So our next topic would be voice of the people. And this is a survey I took online. And I just mm-hmm. asked individuals, you know, so what, what are your thoughts? What thoughts come to mind when you hear the term mental illness? Mm-hmm. And the responses I got are when someone has a disorder that they are not able to control, mm-hmm. um, ones that are overlooked in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, one person said me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, one person said me. Another said mentally disconnected. Mm-hmm. Concern, fear, curiosity. Another, honestly, my past. And it, make, it makes me think of what I've been through and knowing I'm not the only one. And that's really the point of this podcast is to reach out to those individuals and tell you that you're not the only ones going through your problem. Mm-hmm. I think part of the big um, stigma is thinking you're alone. Right. And when you do that, the isolation itself is suffocating. Mm-hmm. So just having someone else you can try and talk to or hearing other stories like your own could help. Right. Um, and moving mm-hmm. on down, the next question is what, what, are your, what feelings cross your mind when you hear the term therapy? So those responses were talking to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I need some ASAP. <laughs> okay. uh, can't afford it. Right. Understood. Mm-hmm. Rehabilitation. Comfort, nervousness, and hope. And they said hope is a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. I think there is a therapy for everyone, whether it be talking or getting hurt or medications to normalize chemicals in one's bodies. Mm-hmm. Another said, I feel we need to educate our community on the benefits of therapy, something to help everyone better understand it is okay to seek help for our mental health. Right. And the last is help, healing, support, self-care, and self-love. These are good answers. I like them. Mm-hmm. That surprised me. That surprised me. Yeah. Good <laughs> like, answers. Do you have any thoughts on these? Um, I think... All of these answers could be considered, you know, these are people's perceptions, right? Um, when someone has a disorder that they're not able to control, yeah. They, they, they don't know. They, they know something's going on, but they don't know what to do. They don't know what's going on. Um, you could be mentally disconnected. Um, you, you, you could have a lot of concern. That's anxiety. Your anxiety is taking over. Um, the person that said that um, in their past, um, so now, you know, they can look back and say, wow, I, you know, I was suffering through something um, back in the day. And then when we're just talking about feelings, um, talking about feelings about therapy, um, can't afford it, <laughs> rehab what we were just talking about, um, and talking to a therapist, I need some ASAP. So it, it just, it shows that there is an awareness of it, people N- know something about it but 
because of, you know, lack of knowledge or I can't afford it, um, you know, nervousness. I don't know about going and talking to, you know, the word therapist. I don't want to be telling everybody my business, you know. Um, People just, you know, there is just uncertainty. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. And what really stuck out to me is is the part that honestly my past. Right. So nowadays we're... Nowadays, we're quick to ask, you know, well, what's wrong with them? Mm-hmm. Why'd you do that? Without really considering the real question is what happened to you? Because mm-hmm. so many people go through so much. Um, of course, I watched a recent Netflix documentary. won't go into it, but it's called Gabriel Fernandez. Mm-hmm. About the child who was um, abused so badly that he lost his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and even looking through that whole video, even the mother had gone through certain things, not excusing her actions at all. Right. But you actually know what? Why would you do that? What's wrong with you? You monster. But also what happened to you? Like what happened to her past? It's a cycle of abuse that continues. And I think that's what a lot of time. And I think we're becoming more knowledgeable Mm -hmm. of that. And I think even working with, you know, kids. Mm -hmm. I always ask, what's the antecedent? What Mm -hmm. happened before? Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody that just is just wilding out. You know, okay, what happened before? What's been happening? So a lot of times, you know, especially when there's, you know, maybe some mental health issues going on, you need to you need to go back. We tend to just look at surface and we don't go deeper. You need to go back. And a lot of times it's systemic. It's it's something that's went on in the family and it's something that happened here. And then you could trace it back to a parent. You know, you can just go back and back and back. We can only give what we have. And so with a situation as horrible as that, um, a lot of times if the parent was um, used the the child or whatnot or allowed abuse, we'll look back at the parent's life. You're right. What happened in the parent's life. Um, When I work with uh, my clients with the program I do, we always go back. We're looking for an emotional wound, a core emotional wound. And you got to go back because a lot of times we're like, oh, well, this just this is what's happening right now. OK, there's a reason why this stuff is happening. We got to go back. And a lot of times there's something in our childhood, something in our past that we just never dealt with. Um, we just kept letting it going on. And that's why we we done got older and we can't figure out well, why am I still stuck in this cycle? Because it's some something that has happened that we never just we never dealt with. Thank you for that. So moving on down to our next topic, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the types of mental illnesses, disorders, I mean, that affect black people and people of color, but also just the telltale signs of these few symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I won't go through all of them, but just go through a few. Mm -hmm. So the first on my list I have is depression. Mm -hmm. So for those who are depressed, I mean, people say, well, I'm depressed about this, I'm depressed about that. I mean, but are you really depressed? What are the telltale signs of someone who's really going through something like that? Well, depression is it's the first on the list, and it's probably the, the number one thing, probably along with anxiety, mm-hmm. um, that people have. It's the most common. Um, it's the most po- t- common form of mental illness. And, I mean, it's just depression. You're just, you're just despondent. You're feeling um, rejection. You're just not... We know when we're not feeling ourselves and I, we're in a slump, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak, and we just can't, you know, we just can't for some reason 
move on. We can't yep. get past anything. Um, we just, we don't know what to do. We don't want to, we want to isolate ourselves. We don't be bothered. And it can be the same thing with anxiety. So if you, you feel like you're in a slump, you know, we've all seen the commercials where they're talking about depression or anxiety and you have the person, life is going on and their kids are playing, their mate could be doing something and they're just standing there or they're just sitting there in a zone. Um, that could be, that. that's some of the real telltale signs of depression. Like you just can't, you just can't function okay. um, like you normally would. I mean, some things I've gone through, I've, I've been there. I've been mm-hmm. there. Um, and I know what helps me personally is finding those little moments of happiness where mm-hmm. I can at least pull myself out. I know some people can't do that as easily. I know that. Mm-hmm. But at least for me and myself and I, I can pull myself out of some of those situations just by either turn actually turning to YouTube, mm-hmm. <laughs> finding mm-hmm. some little joy, something to laugh at just to get my head out of that space because I know it's, it doesn't do good to dwell there. You know? Right. Um, so what about anxiety? What's the difference between depression and anxiety? Well, anxiety would be more of, you know, just feeling a lot of anxiety comes from stress. Okay. Um, so you need to look at what's going on in your life. And when I say stress, I'm talking about stress from anything. It could be, you know, stress with your relationship, stress, um, at work, financial stress. Um, that's can bring on a lot of, um, anxiety and then with anxiety you could just have just uncontrollable feelings of worry you're just nervousness um you know and you're you're just un you know you're uneasy and it also could be coming from side effects from maybe some medicine you know we could be prescribed a medicine um that, that the doctor you know this for one thing and then you know we're not realizing why I'm starting to feel this way um could be from that. So it could be a side effect from um, medicine that our doctor has prescribed, or mm-hmm. it could, you know, you got substance abuse problems. Um, it could be from that. So a, a lot of times when you have anxiety, a lot of times it's caused by stress and just that feeling of just, just worry, nervousness, uneasy, everything just makes you, you know, just anxious, just anxious, anxious, anxious. Okay. And some, Physical symptoms that I looked up, mm-hmm. I guess, could tie to depression and anxiety mm-hmm. or across a whole lot of things would be, you know, teeth grinding. If mm. you look up one day or just notice you're you're grinding your teeth or your jaw hurts all mm-hmm. the time, that could mm-hmm. be from anxiety. Because mm-hmm. I personally, I do that. <laughs> and I, I don't realize it sometimes, but I do. Um, gray hair. If right. your hair's turning gray sooner than expected, you know, what, what's going on in your life that is turning gray that fast? Stress. And I think a good, mm-hmm. and, and this is like simplistic, but I think a good example is look at a president um, when he goes into office. And we always mm-hmm. used to joke about that when, you know, growing up. Oh, we saw it last Yeah, we saw it. Look at them when they go in <laughs> yep. and then look at them when they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just tell the difference in their hair. Just you, you can tell that they've aged, yes. and a lot. I mean, a, that's that's anxiety. That's that's stress. Like you said, the mm-hmm. gray hair and whatnot. They are under a great deal of stress, anxiety. So sometimes physically, mm-hmm. you can see it. I think Obama went in with a full head of black hair, and when he came out, <laughs> came look at the gray. difference. Look at the difference. He gray. I mean, it, that's anxiety. That's so, reality. Someone asked Michelle, "So would you be president?" She's like, "No, no, <laughs> I'm gonna keep that black hair." Home. <laughs> 
But some more physical signs would be muscle spasms um, and high blood pressure. High Just, blood pressure. Um, I know I have a, one way I know I'm stressed, and this may be something simple. I don't know mm. if anybody else has had that. My eye will twitch. Mm. When I know I'm under a lot of stress and whatnot, it'll start twitching. And I'm like, okay, hold up. I'm like evaluating like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And whatnot. And not to say that all stress is bad stress. Some stress can be good. It can mm-hmm. trigger us, you know, to do certain things. But when you're having, like you said, the teeth grind and a lot of times we're doing it in our sleep and we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the gray hairs are popping up, you know, our, our eyes are twitching. We can't we're tired. <laughs> we just can't um we don't have any energy. We we're we're fatigued. Um we don't wanna eat. I mean, those could be signs, okay, something is something is wrong. Mm-hmm. I need to start looking at what's going on so I can see what's happening. Paying pay higher, paying more attention to yourself. Yes. Like, I get it. Because your body is going give to you, give you signs. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's a blessing we do have. Your body's going to give you signs. Whether we pay attention to those signs is the key. That's it. All right. So <laughs> I went and looked up black people historic practices for dealing um, with mental health and <laughs> mm, <laughs> other issues, yes. especially in children. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first historic practice I feel has come about through black people time after time is spiritual counseling mm-hmm. or just pray about it, as we all know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just just go pray about it. Go, 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 talk to the, go talk to the minister. Go, go talk to the pastor. And I think that's with our general, you know, with just historically, if you go back, even mm-hmm. you go back to slavery, um, what did what did black people do because of the situation they were in? Where do mm-hmm. I, where did you know a lot of gospel music get its roots from? Mm-hmm. It's from slavery. You know, black people getting together up trying to sing. That's all they had. Mm-hmm. That's all they could do because the situation they were in. So you know, we can sing and we can give our problems over to God, mm-hmm. and that's great, and that's fine. But. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, it's good to have faith. It's good to have, you know, our spirituality. It's a vital part of our life. But I think we have to remember from a spiritual standpoint, if God has allowed us access to help and resources and professional help, then we should have faith that he would want us to be able to use that. And so I think we just have to remember that it's fine to have a spiritual routine and talk to whoever in your church or wherever you go to. But you need to have, you know, professional help mm-hmm. as well. Yes, to work on yourself. To work on yourself mm-hmm. um, and not just think, oh, well, I'm just going to, yeah, we can pray. And yes, we need to throw our burden. God will fix it. Yeah, mm-hmm. God will fix it. <laughs> but, it there, yeah. you know, faith without works is dead. Is dead. Amen. So we got to, you know, the same stuff we, t- we got to look at. Yes, you yeah. know, we have to put in action. It's just like it's no different from, we can pray to God to give us a job all day. <laughs> you still got to put in applications. But if we ain't putting in no applications and we ain't going nowhere, you know, we it's it's highly mm-hmm. probable mm-hmm. that we're not going to find a job. So the same thing, we can pray and, you know, give it to God and that's fine. But if we're not doing things ourselves mm-hmm. t- to help, even if he doesn't, you know, put the commercial right there on there for you or, you know, Put the number right there. If we're not, you know, taking advantage of that, you know, are we are we really showing faith, I guess to say. You're right. You're right. 
So we still got to practice what we preach. We got to practice what we preach. All right, the next one on my list, kind of my favorite, says go to bed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still, honestly, I think that comes from, honestly, a spiritual background as well. Mm-hmm. Literally, like I said, the Bible does say to rest. It does. But, I mean, you can't just rest you all the time. say rest it's all still night. Help. <laughs> and I, when, when I saw this, uh-huh. I, I, the first thing I thought, well, nine times out of ten, they can't sleep. Yeah, okay. You know, a lot of times, yeah, Mm -hmm. they can't sleep. Their sleep pattern is distorted. Um, They're they're having trouble. So we tell them to sleep and they like, "Uh, well, I can't sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, So sleeping is good. We need to have we need to have rest. It's vital to mental health. Um, But a lot of those things, depression, anxiety, whatnot, could be coming from a part of having sleep problems. So I think of. Instead of telling people, well, you just need to sleep it off or go to bed, we just need to make sure we're encouraging good sleep habits. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, just keeping a consistent routine. I know it's hard, um, especially, you know, if, like me, you work in education. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we, we all I don't sleep. You know, I can sleep in. That messes you up. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to have a routine. We need to wind down. When you, when you get in bed, are you on social media the whole time? you know, affecting your sleep rhythm. So we can't just tell people to go to bed because they may be having problems sleeping, mm-hmm. period. And at the end of the day, when you wake up, it's still going to be there. Hmm. Still going to be there. All right. Uh, <laughs> next one says, coming from black mm-hmm. mom here, go get my belt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just just beat it out of you. We'll fix that real quick. And I think that's, again, that's that generation passing down that's what we knew mm-hmm. um uh, no questions asked you know just i'm gonna beat it out of you go get my belt but what i'm seeing a lot of times and and sadly i you know i see it you know a lot of times especially in the black community we want to beat it out of the kid or keep whooping the kid but my thing is and especially when i talk to parents and you have to especially with us because mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll receive stuff from you know, from yes. me better than mm-hmm. they would somebody else. Correct. But I have to tell them like, look, I have to come to them from a standpoint. I'm a mom. I got some rambunctious kids. I get it. But I'm just gonna give you a suggestion. If you keep whooping and they keep doing the same thing, then maybe that's just not. <laughs> maybe that's not the answer. Maybe it's something else going on, especially with um. One of the things with our kids with ADHD, mm-hmm. we just saw, why you just can't sit down? We can't whoop them, whoop them, whoop them. Okay. They can't sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, they can't. And I have to talk to parents a lot of mm-hmm. times. It's a hundred million thousand things running through their mind. All at one, yes. All at one yes. time. So, yeah, we want them to sit down, but they, they can't. And one of the, actually, working here at, in, the, in the school district when I was mm-hmm. here, uh, one of the practices that I saw was actually letting the kids stand up. Letting the kids stand just up. Just let them stand mm-hmm. up. As long as they know that they have to stand there and still do their work, just let them burn off their energy. Because standing burns off a certain amount of energy, so let them stand. They, and, and that's the key. We have to, it's not how it was years ago, mm-hmm. where you sit in rows and all the kids were in rows mm-hmm. and, you know, whatnot. It, our society is different, and you can you can blame it on whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Every you know everybody has opinion, but it's different now, and so we have to look at different ways. Um, it's not good for anybody to be sitting at a desk. <laughs> but 
for so long now. Oh, you know, all day. So if the kid needs to get up, I used to just go in the back of the room, you know, stretch, do what you got to do. Because even us as adults, you know, we don't want to sit for a whole time. So just looking at, I think instead of being what we have to remember, whether it's in the, the black community, minorities, period, a lot of times we we react. We're reactive more than being proactive. So we need to look at things, okay, what can what can help instead of this just go get my belt. That's just reacting. Yep. We just can't we can't we can't do that all the time. It's not good. And then we just gotta think about we're trying to stop this this lack of in the black community. So we're just we just keep passing that go get my belt down. And they just, it's just going to keep going on it's and like, on. It's like a favorite pastime. It's, it's like a favorite pastime, <laughs> and the kid just, okay, I'm fine for now. But in an hour or the next day, I'm going to do this. You're right. <laughs> I'm going to do the exact same thing again because I know well, all I'm going to get is a whooping anyway. I mean, you yep. know, it's, we, we got to do something different. Sometimes it doesn't even affect them. It doesn't even, and a lot of times that what we see, it doesn't even affect them. So the next one I saw was go get my sage. <laughs> So I heard that in uh-huh. some some African communities and other communities mm-hmm. out there, they're still practicing the sage mm-hmm. to burn off any um, evil spirits. spirits. Yeah, or mm-hmm. some some spirit, evil, however. <laughs> but I have, of course, seen sage burn around here a few times. So yeah, some people that um, they really believe it. You know, mm-hmm. they really believe that. Hey, I'm not knocking anybody's mm-hmm. beliefs or whatnot. But once again, um, we just got to look at. Okay, that's fine if you want to do that, but can we put some other things, mm-hmm. <laughs> some other things into practice to that's maybe right. help? That's, a go- that's honestly the same along the same lines of where's my oil or go get the oil. You know, um, same, yeah. same same difference to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then the last point is it says ain't nothing wrong with you. So and guess- how we know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like who are we? How do we know mm-hmm. that? Now, I think that's the thing. We as individuals. We and we have we have to get to know ourselves, and a lot of us don't know ourselves, um, and and that's just we we really have to know when we all have this sixth sense inside of us that we don't feel right, we're not feeling ourselves. We have to know ourselves to be able to sense that. So if we know we're not feeling right. I mean, who is anybody else? You know, we don't know. You know, we we don't know, and I think when you look at um, African American communities. Sadly, when uh, you know there there's been issues of whether it's abuse or mental health or whatnot, a lot of times maybe the child or somebody told somebody, and this is exactly what they got. Oh, you're fine. Ain't nothing wrong with you. What happens in this house stays in this stays house. in this house. And oh, go on. You know, shoo them out. And who who are we? You know, to tell somebody that because if they're obviously if they're saying something's not right, you know, even if they just need a shoulder to cry on, maybe that's all they need. But we need to stop because we don't know if, you know, if something is is wrong. We we really don't know. I I like that point um, because a lot of times we're asked, you know, does your family have a history of mental illness? Mm. And I mean, from the parents' perspective as well, nobody else had that history. Nobody else had that. So why do you? you know, what's wrong? Right. And then we just tend to straight ignore the problem. Right. Because <laughs> nobody else has it. Right. But we can't be the first one with it. So. And then too, you know, yes, like oh, when well, ain't nobody else in the family have it, 
Do we really know that? I think as 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 minorities, we don't talk about it. No, we don't talk about it. So there could have been, and with some mental illnesses, is it you know could it be tied to genetics? Yes, it could be. But if we're not talking about it, if we're not sharing, if we're living and you know in silence about it, then how do we know you know nobody else in the family had it? So I want to turn to ask, you know, how do how do you help yourself or how do we help someone else? So it's a big thing to, you know, know the signs, see the signs, but where, where do we go from there? How do we help somebody? Um, we need I, to listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's but, one of the, the yeah. I think the main things to me, if, some, if someone is telling us that they're not feeling right, mm-hmm. um, they're having some issues or they could come to us and say, Hey, you know, I really think I need some help. Well, however it says, I think the first thing is, um, we need to listen. I just wrote, um, a post, I posted the other day about, you know, three behaviors we need to, we need to change if we have them. And one of them is, um, we're formulating our answer while the person is talking to us. They're sitting there and we're looking at them. And we've totally, we're just thinking, oh, ain't nothing wrong with you. You know, we're, we've told, we're not listening. We're not hearing what they're saying because mm-hmm. we're so busy. Oh, no, you fine. Yep. You, they've told you everything and you've totally dispelled. Um, so we need to listen. Because um, that, 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 was, that was hearing but not listening. Yes. And I, 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 I'm, I'm bad at that. You know, I, I think we're all bad at that. We, we just hear what we want to hear, a piece of it. And in our minds, we just... We run with it. Um, we really have to listen. Um, we can't, it's not our job to diagnose, um, you know, or don't diagnose, you know, don't try to diagnose them or tell them that there's nothing wrong with you or second guess them. Uh, you know, no, we need to be supportive. Um, we need to encourage them to seek help. Um, and cause there's so, there's so much more available. And a lot of times I think we want to have an answer. And we don't. And instead of just admitting we don't, we don't know. Or I, you know, I don't have the answer. Oh, there ain't no wrong with you. Oh, we'll just you know pray about it or something like that. We need to just start being honest and just listen and say, "Hey, um, I to be empathetic. I feel for I feel for what you're going through right now. I don't I don't understand it, but hey, I tell you what, let's look into, you know, maybe some research. I'll help you." I'll help you. Let's look into some resources or, Hey, I think I heard somebody talking about a group or, Hey, this is going on in the community or, Hey, why don't we do a search and, and look and see, or, you know, have you thought about talking to your doctor? Um, Hey, do you have insurance? Let's look. Cause a lot of times insurance ha- have things they list and cover and whatnot. Hey, let's talk about that. So instead of giving our personal opinion, we may not understand, but say, Hey, let me try to help you. Let me try to support you. I don't understand or being honest, be like, you know, you know what? I was feeling the same, the same way. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's look into it. You know, just, we got to be more supportive and listen. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's the big, biggest thing is listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what I have next is just for those children, cause you know, kids listen to podcasts as well, but mm-hmm. even how to help children. Mm-hmm. So this is next section is the title turning to family. Mm-hmm. So as a child, 
you know, how do you how do you help yourself? Or as a young adult, how do you help yourself? The first one is honestly write down what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Write down what you're feeling and take it to someone you care about. Even just writing it down, getting it out can be the first step. Mm-hmm. And I think with when I work with kids who just who come in, um, well, let's identify the the emotion. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm this, and they could be thinking that. And a lot of times when I work with them, they, they might can't verbally or they don't want to speak. Um, I show them pictures uh, of faces. Okay, what are you feeling? And a lot of times what we see as they're just being disrespectful, they're just angry. Well, they could be sad. Um, they could be having a certain feeling. So identifying what you're feeling, yes, writing it down. I mean, stati- statistics show just writing, journaling is one of probably the best things that can help with identify feelings and figuring out what's going what's going on. So I de- definitely writing it down. And I think for even for a, a kid, a younger person, if they're wanting to go and needing to go talk to their family about it and maybe, you know, just sitting down talking, they couldn't write a letter, <laughs> write a letter, Read the letter to your family or give it, you know, give it to them. I think writing it down is a really good key because a lot of time when we caught up in emotion, we can't, you know, we can't explain ourselves. So writing it down, especially when we're feeling it. How am I feeling at this moment? Well, why am I feeling this way? What, you know, so writing it down is, is really good um, that, that can help, especially when we're laying our feelings to others. Correct. Okay. Um, next I have. And this is for, once again, for anybody, it's a resource that's out there. It's called a symptom checker. Mm-hmm. So it's a free online test by the Child Mind Institute, mm-hmm. but it is not a substitute for right. a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So it's just a check on certain symptoms that you're feeling that will let you know whether you could have a mental illness or if you are going through something. Mm-hmm. It's just a checker. Right. It's not WebMD. <laughs> right. So just a symptom It's a good checker. resource, though. Mm-hmm. Um. Next would be to let your family know you want to have a serious conversation so the port- so the importance is not dismissed. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's a, another key thing is you want to let them know you want to have a serious conversation. So not just something in passing or a really two-second time. Yeah, schedule a talk. So no distractions. I, we really need to sit down and talk. So they know mm-hmm. it's serious. Right. Um, choose who you tell carefully because mm. not everybody who you talk to, even friends, or I'll always have your best interest at heart. Or some of them may not even care or want and to listen. I think that's important with, I say with kids, but I think it's as adults as well. Because mm-hmm. some of us as adults just don't live and learn. We, we just keep telling everybody our business. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't need to tell everybody business. But one thing, you know, for students, a lot of times when you have kids that may have been coming, something has happened. And I've seen it too many times. And they tell, you know, all the kids or they tell somebody their, their personal business or so a lot of times kids can tell you I'm this, mm-hmm. um, I'm bipolar. I mean, they know, it's they honest. can tell you, they can tell you. And then they'll go and tell, you know, maybe some quote unquote friends mm-hmm. and now the whole school knows about it. So especially with, um, kids, you want to be very young people, um, very, you know, we want you to tell a trusted adult, uh, you know, some, a trusted friend, um, 
some, you know, somebody who has your best interest at heart, who's not going to make light of the situation. Um, you have resources at school, whether it's a school counselor, a teacher, educator, your parents or whatnot, a trusted adult, somebody who is going to hear you and who, who really cares for what you're, um, for what you're saying. All right. And well, with that, how, what steps should a trusted adult take with that information? So let's say if, so not so much as mental health, let's say for kids being abused. Mm-hmm. So what steps should a trusted adult then take with that information? Because abuse leads to other mental illnesses. So right. if that information comes to light, how should they handle that? Well, I think we need to listen. Um, as a trusted adult, we need to um, listen and not saying necessarily you need to um, question and answer and, and you know, like, that's not what you're, you just need to hear what they're saying. You know, you can ask them some questions and then, um, you know, go from there. And once again, just hear them, be supportive, and then take the next step. Okay, let's see what resources or what we can do to get you some some help. And another word of advice is have a diverse support group other mm. than just family. Because sometimes yeah. family is the hardest are the hardest ones to talk to, especially mm-hmm. if they're not listening or you don't think they are. It's good to have a diverse support group who are going through what you're going through. I know there are mental health, um, let's say, groups out there. So literally right. there's group therapy. Yes. That will also work. And I'm not sure if, um, like what goes on in there, but I'm sure if they're sharing their own stories, that's a way of just personally getting your story out there. And it's, it's a trusted group. Yes. You know, there's no judgment. It's just like AA. There's no judgments or something like that. And I think it's good because with group therapy, I mean, there's a lot of benefits. Um, you're going to be with others who are experiencing or going through, if not the same thing, but similar things to you. And a lot of times, once again, going back to the family, the fam, if we don't know, we just don't know. Um, and we don't know how to relate or we don't know how to help. So it's group therapy can prove very beneficial because um, you feel support because you're with others that know what you're going through, um, um, the, the, the hardships that you're going through. So you get that support. And then just from being in group therapy, they're learning to how to express their feelings. A lot of times they don't know how to express their feelings. They don't, know, they don't know how to give a voice to what they're feeling. So by going to group therapy, and a lot of times we've seen it, you know, they go and well, I don't want to say anything. I don't know these people. But as they sit and they listen and they they hear others sharing, they learn those communication skills of how to be an advocate for myself, how to give voice to what I'm going on. And then they, you know, you you're able to give e- they're able to give each other advice and give some good constructive criticism, okay? Well, these are some things I did. These are some suggestions. And you know it's coming from a good place because y'all all are going through the same thing. Correct. And I know there are some groups on college campuses as well. I was surprised mm-hmm. to find out. never knew. Because mm-hmm. um, you don't really look for things you don't know about, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are a whole lot of group therapy sessions on college campuses. So if you're on a college campus and you would like to you know, go find a group therapy, I suggest to actually go out to your school's counselor yeah. and check and see if there is a resource group. And check and see, ask the counselor if there is, you know, and this is school, colleges, university, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. see if there is a group. Because like you said, there may be a group um, and you just don't know. And then it might be if there's not one, well, maybe there's a need. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot, I think it was um, 
Oh, it was an episode on um, Grownish, which is a spinoff of Blackish. And um, I, I, I really appreciate it. They had an episode that dealt with that. And they they had a group and that, you know, the, the kids on campus and they all started sharing. And what they realized is, man, we going through some of the same things. And I thought that was really good because we have to show, OK, there is help. There is resources. Um, there are groups. And they started the group. There wasn't one, but there was a need because there was a um, student on campus who um one was had tried to commit suicide and that's what triggered the whole we need to be having groups we need to be talking about you're going through this man i didn't know you were going through this like yeah like as as black males they started talking about something um as just as 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 black women and just it was a different minorities in there and i think with like the passing of kobe bryant one thing that i really appreciated seeing is black males talking and sharing their feeling and crying mm-hmm. and letting other people see it. We need to do that and just coming together and talking and sharing with each other stories and whatnot and what they're feeling. And we need, our kids need to be seeing this cause they need to see, okay, you know, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. We need to grieve. It's okay us to cry um that's another misconception especially with black males in the community well black men don't cry yeah they do (laughs) we 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 we, they do so yes group therapy i think is could be really really good really good (laughs) um so are there certain words to avoid when talking with family or friends or you know when you talking to them or they talking to you are, are certain words to avoid certain words to avoid when talking on the topic of mental health, calling somebody crazy. Yeah. Pressing, <laughs> I think anything name calling anything like that, anything demeaning, anything you wouldn't want to be called. Okay. So um, the, the golden rule then applies. The golden rule. I think that's the main thing. Um, you don't want to call people crazy. I, I think, um, the word back when I was, I don't hear it as much now, but I, you know, retarded mm-hmm. oh you gotta be n- no we don't want you know um oh well you just special yeah no <laughs> and on, on the same terms you know just because that word or phrase wouldn't bother you doesn't mean it, it doesn't, doesn't bother affect somebody anybody else, else. Mm-hmm. and so i just think and a lot of times you know what's interesting is we just have to be simplistic so like you just said the golden rule because i talk to a lot of people a lot of times and they don't know certain words are demeaning. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've heard it, they but they don't know that could be offensive mm-hmm. to somebody else. So I think just being, you know, how would you want somebody to hear you? How would you want somebody to respond Correct. to you? And a lot of times people don't share because that that fear of being called crazy. Nobody wants to be called crazy. You know, nobody wants to, oh, was something wrong? Oh, was something wrong? You know, and then the, not only the words, but, you know, that look, oh, my God, something wrong with you? You know, yeah. like, you know, putting that hand up, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful with that because yeah. how the perception, mm-hmm. even by saying bless your heart, and we could we could mean well, but the perception to that person is, you you trying to say I'm crazy. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so let me continue. What, what are... 
some ways we can de-stress and <gasps> find an outlet. Um, and I talk, uh, we have, um, I do Wellness Wednesday at the school. Mm-hmm. And I do it for the kids, but I mainly do it for the adults. Um, what do we like doing? We need to find out what we like um, doing. Um, maybe we need to detach from social media. Maybe we need to read. Maybe we just need a few minutes of quiet. Maybe we need to meditate. There are a lot of a lot of apps now that you can even get for free where um, you could just take a few minutes to do some deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, just sitting oh, in. That app comes on my watch. It rings, yes. it rings every 15, 20 minutes. Just, hey, take, take a breath. Just deep breathing. Mm-hmm. I think um, one thing I talk to my people, okay, <coughs> every... Uh, are you taking a break every at least every hour? Even if you take a minute or two to look away, go outside. A lot of us work inside a building all day, and we go in in the morning, and we go in at night, and we haven't experienced, you know, just just breathing, mm-hmm. um, looking, mm-hmm. just um, just de-stressing, enjoying some time with family or friends, um, getting some sleep. Um, doing a a, 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 a vacay and somebody said, oh, I ain't got the money. Vacay at home. There you go. You know what I mean? like. <laughs> and, and look, in light of recent events now with the coronavirus, mm-hmm. um, most of us are going to say, majority of us now are going to be working from home. Right. Or those of Already us who can, working, I should yeah, say, mm-hmm. are going to be working from home. So for me, ways to de-stress is either just try to exercise indoors because mm-hmm. I was told not to go to the gym because right. the virus can still breathe in there, but either do some exercise indoors or to get out and just go walk at the park or around your block. If you can do that, mm-hmm. just some small things. Dance. If you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, dance. I mean, dance. And I think if anything with this going on, this, um, with the coronavirus and with so many people, they don't know what to do and they don't, you know, I don't want to, yeah, I can't deal with my kids and <laughs> I can't be in the house. I'm bored. <laughs> That just, it just goes to, I think, maybe the state of wellness in our society. And we are getting better about talking about mental health like we are today in wellness. But we just don't know how to be, I think. <laughs> we really don't. I think we just don't know how to be at home or with, we always think we have to have something to do. And that's not true. We don't always have to have something to do. I know I'm bad about that. Um, I'm a planner. Uh, that's that's a passion of mine. I love to plan. And when we go to vacation, I'm gonna have a whole plan. <laughs> Where are we going? How much are we spending? Uh, what time are we supposed to be there? And if the plan don't go right, I'm 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 anxiety. I'm like mm-hmm. freaking out. But some we just need to learn how to be be still and be quiet and enjoying doing nothing. Okay. Um, sometimes whether just with ourselves. Um, with our family, we could take this good opportunity to learn ourselves. Right. A lot of us can't de-stress because we don't know ourselves. We've been going along with what everybody else wants to do and think. And when really and truly, I may not like doing that. Or I may like going out. You know, I may like going outside or doing this. Or I may just like painting or reading or exercising. Or maybe you um, like to dance. Or, you know, just taking a few minutes in the morning. I know I've really been doing this every morning before we get on our phones. 
take some personal time. Um, read if you're a spiritual person. We've talked about spiritual. Ha- have you have you connected with the Lord <laughs> before you do anything else? Have you meditated? Have you centered yourself? Have you just breathed and just be still and become uh, quiet? A lot of times that can change your whole day. And I think a big thing is being grateful, mm-hmm. having a gratitude journal, writing um, what you're grateful for. Because, I, you know, a lot of us, you know, I seen something the other day. May we never take, you know, going to the store for shopping and expecting something there again. Because <laughs> I went there last night and there was no meat. And I mean, it's just like yeah. we take so much for granted, even if we could just wrote, because a lot of times people tell me, well, I don't know what to be grateful. Did your eyes open this morning? I am grateful. Count, <laughs> li- li- literally count your blessings. Yeah, and count, count your, your, your blessings. That's a good way to just help with our wellness. So I know there's affordable counseling websites out there, and mm-hmm. I was given two that I uh, found and was given by a friend. So one is the openpathcollective.org mm-hmm. and they have providers that do not require insurance. So for those who are saying, you know, I can't afford it, it's too expensive. Right. This is actually cost affordable, cost affordable options. Right. Um, it's for those without health insurance or for plans that don't cover therapy and they have many options for families. So if you save $9 a day for seven days, that's one session there for a single person. Right. Or if you save 11 for seven days, then mm-hmm. that's your option for family. Mm-hmm. Um, just really great resources out there. The psychologytoday.com, mm-hmm. those providers require insurance, but for those whose insurance covered, you can find someone in network. Right. You know? mm-hmm. um, and both allow you, what I like, is to see the therapist you want to connect with. And that's just as important because, mm-hmm. I mean, some people honestly don't want to talk to a therapist that does not look like them. Or some right. women don't want to talk to a male therapist. Some women don't want to talk to a woman therapist. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, you can choose um, who you want to talk with and ethnicity at that. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. Um, the last I have is a support hotline. So for those who are going through something serious and really need the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the number is 1-800-273-8255. And my message would be to never be afraid to reach out um, always reach out to someone if you're going through something to reach out to family, friends, or whoever, and never be afraid to call. Mm-hmm. There are always resources out there. There's all, and, yeah, and with that um, suicide um, prevention um, line, you, you can also, they can also text. So they can also text um, MHA um, to 741741. So if you're going through some things and you, 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 you see this number because I think we, we've done good at putting this number out and really making it available or um, it was in a song not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, it was in a song and I, I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't want to talk or they can't give voice again to what they're feeling. So you can also text and I think um, that's good as well, especially for our younger generation because that's all they do. Mm-hmm. Um there, and there's different things now where you can just text and connect with somebody that way. Um, also, too, some of us, a lot of us have insurance, and we don't know what, what is available. Mm-hmm. We just know we got to pay $20, when we copay, co-pay <laughs> <laughs> for the doctor and yeah. not knowing, okay, we do offer 
um, you know, wellness providers, or we have different things. And a lot of times, um, insurances will sometimes give you discounts if you are, you know, got a gym membership or if you're going to seek somebody. I mean, and that goes back to lack of knowledge. You don't know what you don't know. You, you got to look into, you know, what insurance do you have? Call your insurance or if they gave you a sign-up website. A lot of times we don't sign up. You know, me, me being a recent adult out here, <laughs> <laughs> not, not discovering what insurance mm-hmm. is and what exactly it covers and actually having the portal to go log on to to go check those things so I know ahead right. of time. Yeah, that's it. It's Being knowledgeable. <laughs> like, we got to do that. We get mm-hmm. insurance and that I, I see it a lot of times. Like, we only worried about what's my copay yeah. from when I go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, insurances are offering a lot more than what they used to. So get your information. Like, if you get if you have a packet, 100% of the times the insurance is going to have a website and an app. Go on there. Take some time. Read up. See what they offer. Um, go on. Like, do Google search. Like you have this information here. Like we talked in the beginning, it's a lot more available to us that we're not taking advantage of. And I think especially for African-Americans, um, we're not taking, you know, advantage of because we, we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But we need to be looking and, you know, sharing this information with our brothers and sisters, our friends, our homies, or whoever. Hey, man, did you see this? And we all got the same insurance. Hey, did you look and see that they gave a discount if you did it? Because a lot of times, they do. I like it. I like it. Well, Miss Muscle Vice, thank you for coming on the show. Do you have any way for others to reach you or reach out to you? Or would you like to plug anything? <laughs> <laughs> I um I have a website. It's called Ed essentials.com and that's e-d-s-s-e-n-t-i-a-l-s and kind of the same thing um i I, we i post blog articles about you know just things we can do to help ourselves um our lingo is a living a life that's essentially educated and so we got to to be essentially educated we got to talk we got to have these conversations um, also I, I offer, um, coaching sessions where we work on helping people realize what's going on with their behavior and personalities and, um, why am I struggling or why can't I get along with others? Um, just looking at, um, not here to tell you there's anything wrong with you. It's not anything wrong with you. It's just figuring out you, mm-hmm. figuring out your authentic self and seeing how you can work with yourself. Um, to be the best you that you can be. Um, so offer that as well. So, yeah, they can look me up on um, on Facebook uh, as well with Ed Centrals. Thank you. Thank right, you thank for you having me. The show. Yes, I enjoyed it. I want to thank you for listening in to the first episode. I hope you heard something today that can help you or someone you know make that decision to seek out a licensed therapist if needed. And to above all else, know that you are not alone. This show was produced and edited by myself, Chase Jackson. Subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or Tuned In. Follow the show on Facebook at Black Mind Chronicles, on Twitter at Chronicles Black, or you can follow myself on Twitter at Chase underscore J92. Until next time, this has been Black Mind Chronicles.